It'd be happy now. The plot summary for this isn't very long. Scooby bop 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 He rocks in the treetops all day long. He sure does. That's what they say about him. Rocking on to something on the sing in this yeah. song. Oh, the little <laughs> girls on little birds say <laughs> something. Yeah. And the little yeah. robin goes tweet, tweet, tweet. Rockin' Robin. Tweet, tweet, tweet. It says something fucked. Tweet, tweet, <laughs> tweet. <laughs> oh, the Rockin' Robin is really prob. He's probably a racist because it's the 50s. Elon, give them a big blue tick. <laughs> 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 says he didn't pay for it, but we got the yick. Rockin' Robin. Tweet, 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 tweet. tweet. Something problematic. <laughs> tweet, tweet, tweet. Oh, Rocket Robin, you're a big fat Tory. Yeah, oh, Rocket Robin, you'd probably be voting Trump. <laughs> What's up, film fans, and welcome to <laughs> another episode of What the Flick. Sorry. The show Fucking where we hell. rewrite movies we haven't seen based only on the poster. I'm Matt. I haven't got the I haven't got the poster up. I'm back. <laughs> and today we will theoretically be figuring out what the hell happens in the abominable snowman. What the flick? What the flick? We don't know what a movie is. Gonna tell you what we think it's about. What the hell? But the first we figure it out. What the flick? What the flick? Gonna write a film that already exists. We'll be doing it because we're so cool and back to two years of school. What the flick? What the flick? We're never gonna watch that shit. Got better writers than Steven Spielberg. Film directors are all thunders. What the flick? What the flick? That's the name of the podcast. It's almost time to so make some noise. It's time for the poster boys. So what the flick? So <laughs> much of the axe fell asleep. So God, I have. I've not come to this with the appropriate. You've allergy. said the X Files theme song, and my brain immediately went, <laughs> which of course is not. That's Michael Jackson's yeah. Earth song. I also was gonna once again a, a thing that is consistent with me in this podcast. I was X-Men nearly gonna theme. do the X Men theme song. Yes, <laughs> good. Um, right, find a poster. <laughs> I have, and let me tell you about no good. Excellent. Good start. Uh, ve- very dull, some would say. It's it's just like a classic old movie poster where it's like, here's the entire plot of the film on two of the actors. <laughs> pearly painted, sure, do you know yeah. what I mean? Well, while I'm looking for this, Matt, um, how have you been recently? We haven't recorded in quite some time. That's true, we haven't. Um, I, I'm get you excited to record this week's segment of memento yeah i genuinely earlier today spent a good i'd say five minutes trying to remember what we'd said last time we did memento <laughs> and then as a little pick behind the curtain for everyone i've just fallen asleep moments ago everyone so there's a good chance i've forgotten everything i could have put the effort into to remember yeah, that's just that's just fun stuff this appears to be half a poster that is literally all I can find. Really? Matt. Also, I think it is actually the whole poster if you click on it. I think it's just a landscape poster. I that surely can't be true. They wouldn't cut off that much of a lady. Well, if you click on the Wikipedia theatrical poster, it's the same poster, and I got that from a different place. What if you click on just the main image on IMDb? Oh, this is good because this is a real, as we've said before, confusing tagline because it's an old film. It's got a bit. It's got a bit more to work with. So let's maybe go with this one. Yeah, have you seen many of like the really old <clears throat> movies, horror 
Netflix. Nah, I have seen. I think Nosferatu. Oh really? The that's old, the one where the really he's, old, the silent one. Yeah, that's the one where he's got like pointy that's ears. That's the one where he's got pointy ears. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that. I think that's the only of the real classic horror so films I've I seen. Watched, I don't think I've seen. Uh, Dracula, the Bela Lugosi, mm-hmm. you know, like nineteen thirty-one film yeah, yeah. this morning because I got like a, a universal like classic horror monsters box set because mm. it come in a coffin and i wanted the coffin understandable so i watched that because i was like well i you know i watch lots of horror movies but i have never really given a lot of time to their to the lineage of horror i guess yeah yeah and so i watched dracula and i realize now why i didn't give a lot of time <laughs> to <laughs> the lineage because they didn't invent acting it turns out until about 1974 yeah understandable yeah like every just it's about an hour it's well it's just over an hour long like an hour and 15 minutes of bella lugosi being you know genuinely like doing all right he's got like a bit yeah, of a stare going he's like i am dracula blah, like that yeah. and then every other actor is yeah. like oh my god it's dracula we'd better run away now <laughs> and then they walk slowly off stage yeah Every other actor sounds like someone current day doing an impression of a British person on TikTok. Yeah, there's no score. <laughs> yeah. They've just stolen some classical music. It's reasonably entertaining to watch because it genuinely is like watching grown adults, but they've... Imagine, you know, like the film Big with Tom Hanks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Imagine like a children's, like, a, you know, a year six, end of year play where everyone yeah, in it has been bigged. <laughs> That's yeah, okay. what the vibe is, right? Yeah. It feels like everybody's reading their lines off like a big cue card that somebody's holding behind the camera. <laughs> and none of them have ever, like, they've only just learned to read. It's genuinely, it's something to watch. Mm. It's like one of those, um, you know those, like, uh, theatre production go-to where people be like, we're going to put on Die Hard, but there's no one to play the main guy. We just pick someone out of the crowd. Yeah. But the difference is that this is everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've got Dracula and he's the only one we've got and everybody else is going to be someone yeah, who turned up so on the day. I'm excited to I'm excited to see around what era people learn what acting was. Mm. Because obviously I've seen like some 60s and 70s Hammer stuff with uh, the Cush, Peter Cushing and with Christopher Lee. Yeah. And some of that's really good stuff. Some of that's great. Peter Cushing, of course, is in this. So Peter Cushing, of course, is in this. So mm. I wonder if it's somewhere around like the late fifties, maybe people started to act. Yeah. And the end of this box set is the creature from the Black Lagoon, which I think is nineteen fifty-four, mm. maybe. So I'll be interested to see whether they've learned what acting was by the time we get there. Do you reckon that um a lot of people just figured they were good actors and then Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee turned up and everyone was like holy fuck, we got to put these guys in everything because they're actually the only people who have ever acted up to this point. <laughs> it turns out everyone else, yeah, was just saying lines as themselves. Yeah. These guys are actually pretending to be other people. That's weird. Yeah. we got to put the these guys in the movies. <laughs> I don't want to reference uh, Dream Factor every single week, Matt, but I was reading the tagline. The, po- the tagline of the poster we have here. And I really do feel like you could read this poster like a Beastie Boys song. <laughs> <laughs> a, a joke that John Harris made on our podcast. That's true. 
So I'm going to attempt to do that now if you endure through this bit that will no doubt make us both cringe. <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah, go ahead. I'll shout just like the end word if you keep Okay, going. tell you what, I'll just yeah. pause every now and then and you just shout the word I leave out, okay? Okay. <laughs> or you, maybe you just shout the last word of every sentence. Of every sentence, time. yeah. yeah. Demon, prowler of mountain shadows! shadows. <laughs> Dreaded man beast of Tibet! <laughs> the terror of all that is human! human. A bubble stone of Himalayas! <laughs> <laughs> like it just it just really feels like someone just wrote down a bunch of like they all wrote a tagline down and then just were like, use them all. <laughs> just use them all, it'll be fine. Yeah. Well and on that note, let's do the poster, shall we? time it looks really mucky <laughs> like, it really yeah it looks like someone has put their hand on grass expecting it to be dry found it was a bit damp and then wiped it well again i think it's, it's one of those ones where it's like it feels like a collage and i think probably that's exactly what it is yeah before they had photoshop and stuff i think they just literally like wrote and then cut out the letters and then they've got mm. three photographs which they cut out and stuck down on you know and they got somebody to do a little bit of art and then they just put that on a copier or whatever yeah when were copiers invented it's a good question one that i'll certainly never know the answer to because they must have had some form of printing by now in the 30s they had newspapers and shit right yeah absolutely so they must have had some way of replicating stuff but i got no maybe they just had to do that then take a photo of it and then develop that photo every time yeah i mean it's very it's genuinely very possible i genuinely have no idea how old people did anything back in the day i should probably learn more about you know our ancestors <laughs> but also fuck them now we've got iphones that's true which we could use to find out how they made posters but i refuse to do yeah but i'm not gonna i'm gonna use it to play flappy birds and watch porn correct all right <laughs> let me give you a quick rundown of the poster yes please the abominable snowman of the Himalayas, like that individual bit of text, I think looks all right. The font style's fine. It's all right. It's got a bit of like a punk rock, like a punk band kind of font to it, right? Yeah, like it looks very much like a, a CD. It looks like somebody's made their own, what's that word art? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it's like on a black background within a very strangely like kind of palish yellow green. It's all very pissy. Yeah, it's real pissy. Very, um, I was going to say diabetic, that's not the word. Well, it's, it's very like someone who needs dialysis. <laughs> like someone's got real kidney issues. Someone's got real person. kidney problems, yeah. Yeah. There are two humans, which I assume is meant to be three, but one of them appears to be two humans fused together at the middle. One of them appears to have been cat-dogged, yeah. Yeah. Uh, in the shadow of what looks like a big Chewbacca, which I assume is the abominable snowman. Probably. Again. Yeah. Um... And then, in a very strange turn of events, there just is a little box on the left side of the poster. Mm -hmm. A white box that in red text just says, We dare you to say it alone. Each chilling moment to shock fest for your scare endurance. A shock test for your scare oh. endurance. And as two exclamation marks, and it genuinely looks like, on what I think is actually an okay-ish poster for this era, it looks like something that would be done in, like, a junior high school like on a, a a medical awareness poster or something <laughs> do you know what I mean like, i assume what it was is that they weren't taking you know the ticket sales weren't going great right and the yeah. producer's like we need to you know we, we, we need a hook 
we'll dare these motherfuckers to see it. Where it's the fifties, I assume. People <laughs> didn't know, so. you know, people can't resist a dare. They got nothing else going on. Yeah, and then someone challenged your sh- your scare endurance. Like, my scare endurance has never been higher. Exactly, oh, yeah. Dare. Full of people, like, <laughs> hundreds of men with the highest trousers you've ever seen in your life going, my scare endurance is through the gosh darn roof. I just lived through the, the only war we'll ever have again. Yes. <laughs> We've just defeated, we've just ended the war, and there'll be never any war or conflicts again from this point on, so what could possibly scare me? <laughs> now, if my horrible PTSD trembles, which I've no way of addressing because therapy hasn't been invented, will abate enough for me to finish my malt, I'll slap my wife and head straight to the pictures. <laughs> the idea of this person sitting in the cinema and what actually terrifies them is just the light turning on and the loud noise starting, yeah, and they just start screaming say. before the film starts. <laughs> Horrible war flashbacks. <laughs> God, that must have been so easy to make horror films in the 50s. You just have one loud bang at the start and everyone just starts screaming. Be like, the blitz, the blitz. <laughs> you go in and try to order a popcorn. They just give you a ration of cheese and one slice of bread. Yeah. Everyone starts crying. And they're like, we've done it again. The perfect horror film. <laughs> right, one thing we haven't referenced here, Matt, is that obviously we've said Peter Cushing's in this mm-hmm. big star. Excellent actor, you know. Acted well after this. A wonderful, acted wonderful so, man. Acted beyond the grave. Yeah. He was, he was Rogue One well after his passing. That's true. A powerful, powerful man. The other actor, the main actor this is called Forrest Tucker. Yeah. Which is just an all-timer of a celebrity it's a good, name, What, what I'm assuming is that this is Forrest Whitaker's dad, right? <laughs> yeah, that is how that works, correct. <laughs> and then at some point, somebody asked... Forrest Whitaker, what his name was just before he went down a slide. <laughs> That's possibly the dumbest joke. <laughs> and I still like it. I don't think we should take it out or anything. I just want you to know I'm not so where I'm going to rank it in the list of all the jokes we've ever made. Good. Good to know. Uh, just as a quick side note, Matt, I've just looked up Forrest Tucker. And I've never seen or even heard of a single other thing that he's in. Good. And he's in a lot. <laughs> is this going to be a situation, though, where it's like what happened with uh, The Good, The Bad and The Ugly, where we put a little clip of it on TikTok of us making fun of Lee Van Cleef and then, like, 400 fucking film fans be like, actually, Lee Van Cleef was in a million films and they're all great and you're all rubbish. Well, he might be in a million films. They might all be great, but I've not fucking heard of them, so... <laughs> <laughs> Lee Van Cleef's one of the most famous people in the world. No, he isn't. Fuck off. Tell me this. Is he a great movie star if I've heard of more Chris Pratt movies than I've heard of his? <laughs> Answer me that, Forrest Tucker. Yeah, Forrest Tucker. This is an anti-Forrest uh, Tucker podcast now. We're going <laughs> to add him to the list of enemies. Orson Welles, Elon Musk, Jared Leto, Forrest Tucker. Yeah. And J.K. Rowling, obviously. She's the main one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. goes without saying. All right, Matt, shall we try and figure out what the fuck happens in this movie? Sure. So the thing that I initially thought was that the standing up man was casting the shadow of the abominable Mm. snowman, maybe giving a hint that he might be Wolfman style, the abominable snowman. Oh, yeah. But I no longer think that's true. Potentially, because these, again, we've got little lines here which look like lines of coke. Oh, yeah, that's true, yeah. And this is, this sort of pissy landscape 
maybe it's that it's kind of like a borrower's style, like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids situation, where the three adventurers get shrunk down. Oh, yeah. And then they have to escape because they find the abominable snowman and he's just like a real, sh- like, tiny little guy. And that's why nobody's ever managed to find him before. It's because they were all looking for, like, a big ape and he's actually real small. But then, oh, yeah. you know, maybe it's like a, they get, like, hit with a crystal or some shit and they shrink down to, to abominable snowman size and now he's hunting them. And it's, uh, you know, lots of sets, right, of real small stuff but it's actually but it looks real big yeah i like that a lot of it's like um they they're all hunting him right and then you have like the exact scene from the poster where the big shadows cast over them yeah and the the characters are all horrified and they turn around and realize it's just a real little guy standing just in front of the the lamp oh that's really good yeah i prefer that actually it's one of those classic things where it's a real little guy and they're like oh we thought he was real big and scary, but he's actually real little. Yeah. And then maybe they like almost bully him where they're like, oh, everyone's so afraid of you and look at you. And they just start like prodding him with mm. their, their foot and stuff like that. But then it turns out his one horrible snowman ability is that he can make everything real small. Oh, I see. So, while, so they start kind of making fun of him and be like, oh, everyone was so afraid of you and look how pathetic you are. I and almost then, prefer it as like a gremlin situation where... Mm. You know, they go to, like, Pokemon or something, and he, like, takes their foot off, you know? Suddenly, he's got, like, a oh, mouth yeah, yeah. full of teeth, and he's like, Narf! chomps yeah, one of good. them up, and then, like, runs off. And then, you know, one of my favorite things in old practical effect horror movies is when you have a tiny antagonist thing, and mm. they, like, fly out of the darkness of somebody onto their face. And then it's like, yeah. the actor has to try and pretend that they're fighting while holding <laughs> the puppet yeah, like on the doll. their face. yeah. yeah. I yeah. think we should have a lot of that because that's my favorite thing, like in movies. All right, well, what about this? And what we do, it's just a real tiny guy. But one of his, like one like supernatural thing is because he's a snowman. When he bites you, you just very slowly start to freeze from that's the point nice. he bites yeah. you. Because then you can still have a bit of threat where you can have someone get like a grazed bite, mm-hmm. where like it's happening but slower, and it's like then there's a time constraint element to it, you know? Where it's like we have to get down the mountain before. Before you, know, you turn into an abominable snowman. Well, well, I was going to say just turn into a frozen just turn person. into an icicle, yeah. Yeah. It's like, we got to get you down before you're completely useless to us. Yeah. You know? And that's good, because then you can have, like, again, at least the other classic trope that you get in films like vampire and zombie films, where you can have Peter Cushing have to cut off his own hand at some point, mm-hmm. because he's like, I've got to stop the spread. Yeah. I don't want to become a snowman, you know? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Matt, here's an important question. What does abominable mean? <laughs> uh, not... Just of an abomination? Like abomination-like? Uh, yeah, as uh, similar to an abomination, I guess. Abomination-esque. But I'm not sure what... Because abomination is just like, no good, right? Right, there, there are two very different definitions. One, causing moral revulsion. Okay. Two, very bad. <laughs> Worthy of causing abhorrence as a thing of evil omen. Odious in the utmost degree. Yeah. Very hateful, detestable, loathsome, execrable. Okay, so just very evil is the point. But so four, well, no, because four is just excessive large. Oh, right? So lot. it could just be excessively big. Or it could be unequivocally detestable and loathsome. I think we've already decided we can't go with the big answer based on the yeah. The so he's just like the nastiest little cunt you've ever met in your life, right? Yeah, he's just a horrible little fucker. 
What if they walk up to him and he's just standing there burning the Union Jack? <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd agree. Yeah, no, I think I would, but I'm sure you're trying to think about Peter Cushing and Forrest Tucker would be angry. Yeah, but... yeah, yeah. It's the least yeah. British snowman you've ever met in your life. <laughs> I think that's really funny about them going on this huge like research expedition and just finding a real anti-monarchist snowman. <laughs> and, and because it's the 50s, that's like, like what an abominable most... creature. <laughs> it's the most horrible thing you can imagine. It's <laughs> <laughs> also funny because I think when I checked earlier, Forrest Tucker's from America, so it's very funny for him to also. It's a communist them. snowman. <laughs> yeah, Abominable. It. It's a communist snowman. They get up and he's just got a little hammer and sickle, and he's just a completely equally coring an apple and giving it to three other tiny snowmen the exact same amount. Yeah, well, clearly there's got to be more than one of them, right? Yeah, that's maybe that's like the end. Maybe that's the 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 big reveal mm. is that maybe they like they finally managed to kill the abominable snowman yeah, yeah, yeah and then they look around and they've stumbled into like a tiny village oh yeah that's real good and then like you know out of the shadows there's another like 200 abominable snowmen oh you can have a nice bit with um perspective where you can have peter cushing be like Come on now, Forrest Tucker's character. I can see a, a, a settlement not far in the distance. Yeah. We're almost there. And then he steps on a house and he's like, what? <laughs> and he realizes he's actually right next to a tiny, tiny village. Oh, that's such an incredible moment. I love that. I love that a lot. Just him dragging this little, this you see this house in the distance, then he just trips and you realize he's tripped over the house that he thought was way in the yeah. distance. But it's actually just really tiny and at his feet. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right, let's figure it out. So what? All right. What is the reason for going up the mountain? How are we establishing this? Is it literally just like, we're going to go up because we've heard there's a thing up there? Yeah, I think so. I think the beginning of the movie, right, is Peter Cushing talking to, like, the Explorers Society, right? And he's like, gentlemen, Mm. I've come to the Scientific Society to ask for funding for an expedition. If you look at these documents here, I believe that I've located a credible location for the uh, legendary abominable snowman and all the scientists are like blah, 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 peter cushing you piece of shit the abominable snowman's a myth and you are you, you are non-christian for thinking that it might be real <laughs> the abominable snowmen's aren't real and jesus is and we're victorians can peter cushing's character be called abraham noble yes okay perfect any real any particular reason <laughs> The Abraham Noble Snowman, that's what he calls it at the end of every... I see, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think a good thing to do at this point as well, Matt, right, is have people, people be like, well, you know the Explorer's rules, you can't go on an expedition on your own as it's mere suicide, and none of the rest of us will go with you because we all think you're a fool. But then, so he goes to maybe, he goes home and he's complaining to his fiancée, who is like, oh, darling, you know, you mustn't worry. You mustn't worry, darling. Uh, we'll and and we'll talk to Daddy, and maybe he can sort something out. And they go to see like her dad, who's like a eccentric businessman. Yeah, sells whale oil. Yes, a, yeah, a whale oil salesman. Yeah, who's like, well, I'm rich as hell, and also completely mad. Let's all, will all the three of us, will go on an expedition, and then maybe I can sell abominable snowman oil. Every single chair in his house is made of narwhal tusks. Yeah, it's all Every made. Everything one. is made of like, uh, there's taxidermy everywhere. There's nothing in his house that's not made of some sort of endangered animal. <laughs> yeah, and he's the like, forks are all moose antlers. Yeah, and he's like, well, I've, I've, I've got, I've become bored of hunting man. It's time for me to hunt the most <laughs> dangerous game, abominable snowman. <laughs> 
<laughs> and then they're just like, you hunt man. And he's like, off we go. Like, no, come on, let's go. <laughs> so my suggestion was going to be whatever. They're like, well, obviously we can't, we can't refute you to go. But as you know, the Explorer Society rules clearly state you can only go if you have a crew with you. And none mm-hmm. of us will attend because we think you're a madman. Yeah. And then you have one of those classic claws down a blackboard things where it pads around and you just have Forrest Tucker their big cheesy greasy haired like American guy just being like I hear you need someone go with you up there in their mountain like real bad like over the top accent you yeah, know I mean? yeah yeah and, and he's just there with like a harpoon gun on his back like he's clearly just like I'm gonna kill whatever the fuck's up there and put its head yeah, on my no, wall so he's so Kush is in it for the science yeah and then we've got We've got the fiance's dad, who is going to be played by. I mean, obviously, it has to, it has to be Christopher Lee, doesn't it? It has to be. Like, <laughs> <laughs> has to I be. feel like Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee are like the only the two same actors age. that exist. They're the only two actors that exist. That's that. true. Correct. Right. Christopher Lee, uh, and he is in it for the hunting. He or he's in it for the he's in it for the oil. He wants the snow. He yeah. wants the abominable snowman oil. Yeah. He's like, there's not a creature I've ever seen that I've not been able to make oil out of. Yeah, and then there's <laughs> Forrest Tucker, who is in it for the sport. He's like the yeah. guy, he's the clever girl guy in Jurassic yeah. Park. Yeah. And then there's the fiancé, who is maybe like a, you know, just like loves animals, is excited by the exploration, but just really, you know, wants one as a pet, right? I'm going to get an abominable snowman, and I'm, and I'm going to teach it tricks <laughs> and give it a lovely bow. Yeah. <laughs> She's the genius behind the scratch off the world map. Like she's oh. that person. You know, and like she's invented that and she's like determined to go to every country of the world. Yeah, very good. Well, obviously the animal thing also, but it's like that's like a nice mm. plot point of her. Because then I feel like because like, then we've got some drama, right? Some conflict yeah. because everyone has different reasons for wanting to go. One person who's looking just to kill it for glory. There's one person yeah. who wants to capture it for profit there's one person who mm. wants it for you know to do experiments on it for science and then one person who wants to save it i think that's good i think cause you've all got four different mindsets and maybe like only really kush and his fiance whose name is pff, i don't know we haven't uh yeah so we got abraham noble um yeah. and then uh, forrest tucker i think also has to have like a real over-the-top american name. yeah 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 um I'm a star spangle. <laughs> I was I was gonna say Ace Big Guns. <laughs> well, what about Ace Banner? Yeah, Ace, okay. Ace Banner, and everyone calls him Star. Yeah. Like oh, his how, how about Lando Dufresne? <laughs> yeah, that's good. Lando Dufresne. Yeah. Uh, Abraham Noble, and then his fiance and her father, whose names are. Um, their last name is Catchem. Okay. But, the, but their name, their first names are very different, do you know what I mean? Because, like, maybe his name is just Dollar Catchem. <laughs> <laughs> and her name is Darla Catchem. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. Okay. Or maybe Business business Catchem. Yeah, Business Catchem and Darla Catchem. And then with Abraham Noble and Lando Dufresne. Cool. All right. <laughs> Lando Dufresne is a fucking sick name, by the way. <laughs> I would love to do a wrestling gimmick where I'm called Lando Dufresne as a big over-the-top over the American, but I'm just wrestling in, like, church halls in the UK from Northern Ireland. But I'm like, I'm Lando Dufresne, and I'm here to represent good times in America and liberty and freedom. <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah. Uh, right. So, 
they're going to the Himalayas, which is, as we all know, Matt, in the famous country of Nepal. I mean, the Himalayas do a bunch of here in a bunch of countries, right? So Isn't I am crazy? tactically correct, right? <laughs> there are some Himalayas in Nepal. I know that much. Oh, well, there we are. Let's find out, shall we? I'm just realized it says on the poster that this happens in Tibet, doesn't it? Tibet. Maybe it does. Yeah. Tibet seems yeah, like dre- a good place to set it. Dreaded man based of Tibet. Okay, cool. Yeah. That was so my they're off to Tibet. in high school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. My nickname in high, sc- high school was the abominable snowman of the Himalayas. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, they set off, they get in one of the, they get in a big boat and they go. I feel like in these old films, you always end up having something that's a bit problematic, right? And obviously because we're like writing what we expect, it would be like, let's just not put that in. Yeah. Right? But I do think there'd be a good bit to have them kind of unloading their gear and like all the cages are like huge and stuff do you know what I mean yeah like just like real big nets and like big like yeah. trunks and stuff and all the locals are just like laughing and that like that there's a bit of foreshadowing but it's never like they don't really communicate with them well i wonder because just- they have they'll have to hire some like guides right and some sherpas uh, to haul all their big nets around and so on so maybe you know they go to the they're in the town and there's that classic scene that you have in Dracula where he goes to the village and he's like, and I'm going to the, somebody take me to the old Dracula place. And they're like, the Dracula place. You must not go out there. Dangerous (laughs) evil in the Dracula place. And then he's like, well, that's all silly superstition. And you're all a bunch of idiots. I'm going to the Dracula place. And then he gets Dracula. (laughs) Yeah. A classic, classic moment. Why? That's all some silly superstition. Yeah. We need to have that scene, but with Tibetians, whose accent I will not do. No, exactly. He's like, uh, Mirror's pretty cushion goes up to like some people in like big heavy coats, and he's like, oh, hello there, I would really like to get up the hill if that's okay. And then the people go, oh, good, I can't. We'll take you up the hill if you want. Yeah, maybe <laughs> Come with us, comma. <laughs> none, of the, none of the Tibetians will go. They're like, we're not fucking with the Abominable Snowman. You're all going to die if you go up there. But then they meet a group of Australian backpackers. <laughs> like, yes. oh, we'll, we'll bloody take you, mate. No it's, Paul, it's just Paul Hogan in a singlet. Yeah. Well, it's not an abominable snowman. This is an abominable <laughs> snowman. <laughs> and it's like, Paul, that's your penis. Please put it away. <laughs> oh, sorry, mate. I've been, I've been here for too long. That's no excuse, Paul, right? He <laughs> can't be doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from a different time, he says. <laughs> it's like, we're all from the 50s, Paul. It doesn't make it all right. <laughs> So yeah, they get they get their Australian guides who well, you get the impression don't really know where they're going any better than the Kush does. Yeah. And off they go into the wilderness. Yeah. And maybe there's like something where you feel like the Australians have got an ulterior motive, you know? Mm-hmm. Maybe they give a bit of side eye and the music goes dun 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 you know, yeah. in the incredibly unsubtle way that fifties movies did. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. I have a very nice little plot detail I think would be fun. Yeah. I think you see absolutely fucking enormous footprints, right? Yeah. And later on, when you see this snowman, you realize they just have little bobbles on their heads that make them look like feet, and they've just been lying down in the snow. <laughs> and it's just loads of them. So, like, you think it's snowman, but they've actually got two hands up inside their head, and they've got, like, three little bumps on their head to make it look like the middle toes. Nice, nice. And it's just been a lot of them just having a little lie down, but... Because <laughs> look at all these footprints heading up this mountain, but it's actually just them 
having a little sleep in the snow. What if it turns out that the, Auss- the, the, the Australians are out to cheat them? Oh, yeah. And the Aussies, while they're asleep, have been, like, leaving tracks and faking, like, abominable snowman sign, you know? Oh, well, that's good. Because if they're, like, oh. just leading them around in circles, and they're like, these drone guys don't know what's going on. If we lay down some false trails and so on, we can lead them around a merry chase for a couple of weeks. Then they'll yeah, give up, pe- and we'll go, oh, we got so close, mates, don't worry about it. You'll better, like, next time, take our fee. And then we can bloody we can go and get ourselves a, a stubby forex and a and a bunning snag, they say. Yeah, I think that's real good because if you're just like, yeah, they're getting paid like fifty pound a day or something, which in the fifties would have been huge. An insane and just keep amount of to, money to yeah. give to anybody. Yeah. Yes, they just they're just like wasting their time. They're constantly just trying like fuck about. Yeah, exactly. Them. And so maybe it's like, you know, three weeks in and they're running out of food and everybody's hungry and irritated and the Aussies are like listen boys I don't know whether we're gonna fight we might have to turn back soon I'm sorry guys we, we're getting close I'm sure but uh you know these these abominable snowmen are tricky buggers and mm. the Kush is like one more day one more day please one more day and then we'll turn around and, and and we'll call the whole thing a bloody wash and I'll humiliate myself in front of the explorer society or whatever and then that, that night he, he he spots the Australians doing some fakery right he spots mm. them with the big monster shoes on maybe or like doing a shit <laughs> and pretending <laughs> yeah. it's a abominable snowman shit and he's like you tricksters you scoundrels uh yeah. i have a good mind to, i have a good mind to give you both a couple of good thumps of the old queensbury rules and he's you know doing the yeah. big boxing stance and so on and they're like oh get out of it get out of it uh you pay the cushing Abraham, you bloody, you, uh, you bloody can't. And then they're sort of yelling and screaming and so on. And maybe they hear like a little kind of like chirruping mm. from the front of the cave. And they turn and there's a tiny little abominable snowman. Well, what I was going to say is what if Matt, he catches them cheating, right? Or catching them like doing the, the dodgy shit. Yeah. And he's like, that's it. We're going down this mountain first thing tomorrow, and you shan't be paid, mm-hmm. kind of thing. And he and Peter Cushing goes to bed, and the two of them and they like, just well, fuck, we they well, hoof off. Well, well, I was gonna say, well, we know we may as well get our shit because we've got to have full the next people, so we got to go get our, our foot, our big fake footprints oh, and stuff. And as they're getting it, one of them gets bit, but he thinks it's just like a rock or something because it's real quick. And he's like, oh, I must have snagged the rock myself. Just bit me. No, no, but you know, like I said, he's like, oh, I must have snagged myself <laughs> yeah, on something. Yeah, sure, yes, because it's dark. And then whenever they wake up in the morning, that guy is completely blue and he's like rock solid. Oh shit, okay. Do you mean it? So he's been like frozen overnight. And then the other Australian's like, I don't know what, like, we were in the tent. We were both in the tent together. I was in with him. So how can he freeze if I didn't yeah. freeze? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, then you can have a whole thing where he's like, one of you guys killed him and put him back in here to fuck with me and it's sick. And then you can have him like shout at Cushing. And then this is a thing where you could lead into everyone else starting to think that Abraham Noble's mental because that Australian guy's like, you caught us and then you killed him and, and you, this is sick. You killed my mate and then put him in back into my tent. <laughs> you know, yeah. Well, actually, it's it's just a side effect of the monster thing. But then everyone else, that can be played late, into later where everyone starts thinking he's going nuts. I see. Yeah. So maybe yeah, yeah. maybe the Kush is the only one who's seeing him for a bit. Yeah. And he's like, you know, come. And he, and he sees it for the first time. He's like, come here, sit, sit by the fire. You know, warm yourself by the fire. And the thing just yeah. like wanders up and it sits down and it like snatches a tin of food and like does a big fart and then yeah. uh like spits on a, the picture of the queen that kush keeps by his 
uh, buy a sleeping bag and <laughs> forgot Peter Cushing's like you're an abominable little f- thing aren't you <laughs> yeah you're the most vile creature I've yeah. ever laid my you're eyes on you're some sort of abominable snow hang on a fucking second <laughs> <laughs> but is, uh, this would have to be later on after the Australians leave right because whenever that, that first Australian dies there has to be some element of mystery over well I think, I think the second the second Australian leaves right after that yeah, he's yeah, like you yeah. think I'm getting you down the minute after you killed my mate uh, and you're yeah. not going to pay us. Fuck you. I'm I'm out of here. You can't do anything to stop me. And he goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my. But I think this snowman interaction has to happen after that, right? Because yeah, absolutely. Then, yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's good. Um, maybe you can have a nice. Bit well, no, maybe it happens uh, before. Maybe it happens after that, right? But but mm. it happens after they have the argument, mm. and he goes out but and bef- gets bit, and then. You know, it cuts to Cush sitting by the fire, like just being angry. And then that's when yeah. he first sees the creature, and that scene happens. Yeah, yeah. And then the the uh, the creep, you know, he tries to offer him a shortbread biscuit, but the shortbread biscuit tin has like a picture of the queen on it, and the yeah. abominable snowman just pisses on it and just like runs away into the night. He's like, "What an abominable creature!" And then he goes to sleep. And then they wake up the next morning, and the next Australian's dead. And Cush is like, well, it must have been that abominable little snowman. And everyone's like, Peter mm. Cushing, you are an idiot. And also insane. You have a nice bit as well where maybe he goes and wakes up uh, Darla to show her. And be like, come look, look, look at the little thing yes. on the horizon. Yeah. You know, kind of, and as she goes out, it's only, not only not there, but maybe, like it has not left any like tracks because they're so adept to the snow mm. that they're able to like walk in such a way it doesn't leave any traces of them yeah, being exactly. there. Do you know what I mean? They're like the perfect little snow being. <laughs> I think she's like, honey, there's no one. Abraham, there's no one there. And he's like, I assure you, yeah. I just saw a little thing and it spot on a picture of the queen. It yeah. spot on a picture she's of the queen. Really and she's like, for him. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, honey, no one in the world hates the queen. It's impossible. No, nobody would spit on a picture of the queen. No one hates the monarchy. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I, well, perhaps, perhaps you're all yeah, right. And she, like, you know, <laughs> touches her fo- the back of her hand to its forehead. Just, uh, you know, darling, are you quite well? Do you need to have a, a rest? Shall I cook you up? You know, shall yeah. I make you some tea? <laughs> yeah. uh, and then, obviously, you have the next day, wake up. That whole instant happens. Australian man's dead. Other Australian goes down the hill, leaves them there. Cushing's like, well, we can't go back now. We simply can't. We've, we've, I've seen one of them. We know they're around here somewhere. Yes. Yeah, 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 and he and doubles down whenever everybody else is like, "But we don't have our guides anymore." Yeah, but, and they're like, but, but, "You know," but, and and yeah, exactly. And Darla's like, "But darling, we don't know where we are, and you know those beastly Australians have left us, and we need to make our way down the mountain. We need to find help." And he's like, "I'm not leaving. I can't leave. Don't you see? Don't you see, darling? I have to. I've seen them now. I can't just leave." I like to think while this is happening, maybe Darla and business are arguing with. Abraham, right? Yeah. Like they're all being like, no, we've got to go. And in the background, you see Lando just leans down, and obviously, like, there's no tracks or anything. But maybe just over in the distance, he just picks up, like, a single baked bean. Uh. And as he picks it up, it's, like, completely solid, and he just crushes it into powder in his hands. And he just, like, looks up in the distance, and he turns around, and he's like, no, we gotta stay. <laughs> he's like, I'm with you. Abraham's, uh, Abraham. Abraham's Abraham. Abraham. He ain't steer us wrong so far. I'll stick yeah. by you, even if no one else does. And then business is like, well, you know, I'm pretty fucked if I don't find some full of oil in these parts. (laughs) (laughs) There's not a whale for miles at the top of this mountain in the Himalayas. (laughs) And Abraham's like, listen, darling, if you'll just stay for two more days, we'll catch you a nice brace of Arctic hares. 
you know, and you can and you can uh, you can keep those as pets. <laughs> I like that idea of like being like, if you stay for two more days, we'll catch you a wild rabbit. <laughs> like that being an acceptable trade in the fifties. Yeah. And she's like, oh, darling, do you really mean it? <laughs> <laughs> Imagine going to someone and like, hey, will you come up this mountain with me? And then you're like, like no. And you're like, well, if you do come up the mountain with me, I'll... I'll catch you catch a you, wild I'll, animal. I'll catch you a wild animal and you can keep it. That's that's a worse deal. <laughs> <laughs> if you come up this mountain with me, I'll get a fox and put it in your car. No. <laughs> that's that's going to kill me. And so, yeah. And so then maybe they're not finding anything, but maybe the next day that they wake up, something you know darla's pack right has been gone through or something mm. and she's like oh no somebody's eaten all of my baked beans and ripped up this picture of prince albert that i keep by my <laughs> bedside someone's ripped apart my list of every country under british rule yeah. <laughs> oh there's only one thing could possibly have wanted to do harm to a picture of prince albert that's that abominable little snowman and she's like, yeah and, and she's like and, and her suspicion is like did did the Kush, did Abraham do this to try and keep us up here? Is he going insane? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they all, you know, they're all getting stuff like that, right? So little things are happening. And they're like, Abraham, are you sure you're entirely in your right mind? And he is slowly going a bit insane, maybe. Yeah. But because everyone's doubting him, not actually Exactly, because, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But then maybe one day business gets bitten. Yeah, 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 and he's shouting like up a blue murder. And as they run out of the tents, everybody's stumbling around. They all see the tiny little abominable snowman. You know, runs out of his tent with a you know blood sort of running down one side of his face. He mm. gives two fingers, you know, two middle fingers. <laughs> Perfect, yeah. And then just dashes off into the snow. And they're like, "Holy yeah. shit!" Abraham was right, but now they've got the thing where. Oh. You know, within 24 hours, business is going to be dead and an icicle. But now Abraham's like, well, now you've all seen it. We can't leave now. We've got to capture one of those things before we go. And he's become too obsessed, you know, to, yeah. to see that business is going to die. Well, I think cause I was going to say that's a good bit, right? Where they're all like, because you can kind of lean in that everyone thinks it's going to be some story with him going insane. But then they all realize he's correct quite shortly after it. Mm-hmm. And have like zoom in on Darla's face stuff, and she's like oh honey I'm so sorry I ever doubted you I should have known you were right and it turns around and Cushing just looks nuts yeah like nuts and he's, he's just, just like I said it I told you all none of you believe yeah, me yeah he's like, got just that like, like, you know that like old black and white makeup on where they had like quite a sort of chalky makeup on the face but then very dark yeah. eyes so that they look real yeah. like fucked up yeah. he's like I he's knew it the- I told you all and you wouldn't listen to me He's doing the Kubrick stare, like, do you know what I mean? Like, head down, eyes Straight up. To camera. Just like, yeah. They're doing that Dracula thing where, you know, where they shine two little spotlights in his eyes to make him look, yeah. to make him look real intense. Yeah, Darla's been like, yeah, honey, I'm sorry, but I do believe you, Darla. He's just like, I knew it. I knew it all along. And he just, like, shoves past her. Mm-hmm. And her, she's almost like, Abraham? And he just walks over to business, reaches down, looks at his wound, and just looks back at everyone and be like, He'll be dead within 12 hours. And they're like, how do you do that? And they're like, the other Australian was bit at midnight. And when we got there in the morning, he was already gone. Or no, he was bit at like, bit at like 8 o'clock. And when we got there in the morning, he was already frozen dead. Yeah. It's, it's like he's got 12 hours maximum. And then they're like, we simply must get down, yeah, we've got to get go down now. the mountain. And he's just like, but we're so close. Yeah. 
Yeah, you can have that bit as well where um, Lando's just like, he's right, we are close, and you just see him cock his, like, gun. And Dark will be like, you're going to let my father die to catch some stupid creature? And then maybe at that point it's like, Kush doesn't reply, but he just got like a real slow zoom in on his face, like some score play. Yeah. Where you realize, like, he's gone. Like, he's completely gone. You it's can, like, well, you can, you can a- see the conflict on his face, but he knows what decision he's going to make, you know? Yeah. And he's maybe just like, you'll get down the hill fine. You know your way. Like, is that he's almost like sacrificing her to the mountain? Mm. He's like, you'll be able to find your way down. And she's just like astounded by what he's saying. Like, I can't believe this. Yeah. Like, how. How could you be selling it? Be like, it's simple. It's just down. It's the easiest direction to follow. <laughs> You'll be fine. I just have like a very somber scene of her with business around her shoulders, yeah, like just crying. struggling down the hill. Um, and he just walks away with his face, like no emotion on it whatsoever, with Lando standing next to him with like a high powered rifle. Yeah. And like a bandolier full of just fucking like grenades and sleeping <laughs> devices and things like that. Like just. A fucking armory taped to him. Yeah, well, and maybe that that could lead to like some great shit later on, where they find the village, mm. and kind of like Ewok style, you know, in the third Star Wars film, where she has, where Dala has like become the king of the abominable snowmen. You know, oh, they've that, taken oh, her in because yeah. she's kind and good, and then mm. they dump the Kush. You know, Lando's, they killed Lando and they dumped the Kush at her feet. And he's like, Dala, Dala, thank God you can help me. You can help me. They ate Lando from the toes upwards. It was awful. Uh, but you'll help me, won't you? And she looks at him and she's like, I'll help you. Know, I'll help you like you help my father. And she like gets up off the chair she's on and the chair is actually business. She's <laughs> up like that. Yeah. Like, like frozen <laughs> solid. And yeah. that's the end of the movie is his screams as she looks on like as the abominable snowman feast upon the flesh of Peter Cushing. I was going to say, I think, I, I just because I think this is a thing that I would really like if there to be. And I know obviously this is a 50s film, so you don't get a lot of post-credit scenes. Uh-huh. But I would really like there to be a post-credit scene that is just the bottom of the mountain where you can very clearly see a sled track down it. Yeah. And at the bottom of the sled track is just Peter Cushing's body. And it's just... Uh, Darla like wiping her hands as if she's used his body as a sleigh to get down the mountain <laughs> like his frozen corpse oh, that's just to good. slide back down and she comes back down with me like yeah I know uh, the key to like her father's fortune or something she's off and you know like or maybe like a little cage with a little uh, arctic hair in it yeah and she's like come along now Abraham <laughs> like she <laughs> thinks she's also got a bit mad yeah I think that's very good, Matt, for especially for a fifties horror film, which are notoriously not good. <laughs> Quite. I think we've done a lot better there. I think we have as well. But the question remains: How close? How close? Do-do-do-do. Here we go. I've got it ready. All right. That's what really happened, didn't it? Doctor John Rollison. That's Peter Cushing. Okay. His wife, Helen, that's All Maureen right, Connell. Good, good so far. And his assistant, Peter Fox. Our guest. Uh, no, that's Richard Wattis. Oh, okay. But that's fine. So we we got three, but we just added an extra person. Yeah. So uh, those three characters are guests of the Lama of the Monastery of Rongbok while on a botanical expedition to the Himalayas. 
A second group led by Tom Friend. That's Forrest Tucker. Right. Are accompanied by trapper Ed Shelley, photographer Andrew McNee, and a Sherpa guide, Kusang. They also arrive at the monastery to search for the legendary Yeti or abominable snowman. Rollison, which is Kush, despite the objection of his wife and the Lama, decides to join the other expedition. Whereas Rollison is motivated by scientific curiosity to learn about the creature. Hello. Friend seeks fame and fortune and wants to capture the Yeti. Fucking nailed it. Boom. The expedition climbs high into the mountains and finds giant footprints in the snow, evidence of the Yeti's existence. Excellent. As the tensions between Rollison and Friend rise, McNee is injured by a bear trap laid by Shelley to catch the Yeti. Oh. Mm. Shelley, you buffoon. You fool. When a Yeti is seen up close by Kusang, he cries that he has seen what man must not see and flees down the mountain at double speed back to the monastery. <laughs> I really hope that is like Betty Hill style. Like he's yeah. like, I've seen what man <laughs> must not see. Yeah, this is Weinberg style. <laughs> um, down the mountain at double speed back to the monastery from where Helen and Fox decide to mount a rescue mission. So the people who are at the monastery hear about this and decide they're going to go rescue everybody else. Uh-huh. McNee is also physically sensitive to the Yeti's proximity, which is, there's no explanation for, which finally leads to Shelley shooting and killing a Yeti. Oh. Okay. The next day, McNee, hearing the haunting calls of the Yeti, hobbles Ooh. from his tent and falls off a cliff. Ha <laughs> ha. What a <laughs> Friend now hatches a plan to trap a live Yeti by having a steel net rigged to the ceiling of a cave with Shelley. Can I ask wait- a question? Yes. Has a Yeti been on screen yet? It doesn't specify. Have we seen a Yeti? There's one that's been killed, but it doesn't say if we've actually seen it. Okay. Friend now hatches a plan to trap a live Yeti by having a steel net rigged to the ceiling of a cave, with Shelley waiting as bait to spring the trap. Friend has given him a rifle, but unbeknownst to Shelley, it's loaded with rounds that do not fire. A Yeti does show up, ostensibly to retrieve its fallen comrade's body. Body and it tangles with the net. Shelley tries to fire the rifle, but dies of acute terror. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. People love dying of terror in the 50s. That's so funny. They love to do that shit. <laughs> Friend finally decides to cut his losses and leave with the body of the dead Yeti. However, the Yeti telepathically plants thoughts in Rollison's mind and then makes, makes Friend hear the dead Shelley's voice calling for help. Fred rushes outside, firing his gun, and dies in the crushing avalanche that he caused. Good God. This Yeti caused an avalanche, caused this man to create an avalanche to kill himself. Goodness. Rollison takes refuge in the cave and watches in amazement as two Yeti arrive to take away the body of their fallen compatriot. He realizes the Yeti are an intelligent species, biding their time to claim the, claim the earth for themselves after humanity has destroyed itself. Fucking hell. <laughs> All right. The rescue party find Rollison outside a halfway point hut where the Yeti have actively brought him. At the monastery, Rollison asserts the Lama that what I was searching for does not exist. The end. Wow. That's a fucking cooked <laughs> end. I feel twist. like in, in many ways, what's happened is they've written the what the flick plot. <laughs> <laughs> we've written the real plot. about a bunch of some people dying of fright and a bunch of yetis <laughs> plotting to take over the world and we've written quite a grounded horror script 
But also, our film did have a character called Lando Dufresne. That's true, which theirs did not. Yeah. I mean, that is crazy for the first time that we've had the more normal that film. We've had the normaler film, yeah. Is this a first? I, mean, I think, uh, was our version of AI more normal than oh, what yeah. happened in well, AI? Well, I don't know, but AI, the normal AI is fucked, but it's ours, fucked. I think, was also yeah. fucked. Ours had Jack Osborne. <laughs> That's true. Horrid. Yeah. <laughs> the abominable Jack Osborne's. Matt, I, I, I mean, I think ours, in a very sincere way, not in a boring way, I think ours just sounds like a better film. Because normally we're like, that film sounds boring, at least ours is interesting. I think our yeah. film just sounds like it would be a more interesting film. I think so. Other than maybe all the satire about hitting the Queen, but I think that yeah. that is a weird comedic element we could maybe cut out. We could, just, maybe we could just get rid film. of that and it would yeah. be none the worse for it, yes. Yeah. I think, yeah, but unfortunately, in you know, with these kinds of old movies... It's not difficult, right? <laughs> yeah, well, there's no movies been made yet. You can do whatever you want. Exactly. They, they they were still figuring it out. And that's fine. We needed to have... We needed to have these kinds of movies so that we could get good movies with acting and writing in them. Yeah. If it weren't for the Abominable Snowman, we wouldn't have had the snowman starring that other guy that came out. Michael Fassbender. Yeah. And where, would we, where would we be without the snowman starring Michael Fassbender? If it wasn't for the Abominable Snowman, we wouldn't have the film Abominable. <laughs> if it wasn't for the Abominable Snowman, we wouldn't have Hotel Transylvania, and that's not a world I want to live that's in. That's not a world I want to live in. A world without the Sandman? No thank you. I know. That would mean his only voice acting role would have been um, Eight Crazy Nights, a movie I have not seen. I have not. A movie I've not heard of. Well, there you go. Well, we'll come in, tune in next week for What the Flicks episode about Eight Crazy Nights. Yeah, of uh, the Sandman miniseries. <laughs> I think Eight Crazy Nights is an animated film about Hanukkah, so I don't think we're well positioned to talk I about that. I don't think we are either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, before we go, any uh, media recommendations this week? Uh, yes. Although, I feel, like, I feel like we need to recommend non-current things because fuck knows when any of these are coming out. Yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, I recently watched Creed again. Oh, uh, yeah. From uh, Michael the, B. Jordan. Yes, from the the Rocky franchises. Uh, Rocky franchise, the sequel to, to the Rocky franchise, where Rocky is now the trainer and it's based on Apollo Creed's son. And I know, like, sports aren't everyone's thing, right? But I think sports films have a really, like, lovely place in the cinema. And mm-hmm. Creed is genuinely just a really well-made film. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's one of those ones where you watch it and you're like, absolutely, you could watch this with someone who has no in. Like, I don't like boxing in the slightest. I find boxing incredibly dull. But yeah. as a physical metaphor, for lack of a better term, it really, really is very good. And some of the dialogue in Craig... Craig? Some of the dialogue in Craig is perfect. And I looked up when I was watching it um, who won the actor for best like the best supporting actor of the year that Sylvester Stallone was nominated for Creed. And I can't remember who it was, but it made me fucking furious. <laughs> oh, never look up the Oscars for anything. It'll always make you angry. Um, like, don't get okay. me wrong. I know Stallone's not great. Like, I know. You know I, not that he's not great. I know, he I know won he, an Oscar, yeah, didn't he? Yeah. He's got an Oscar. Yeah. I don't mean, I mean, yeah, but I mean, I know Stallone is very, like, samey a lot. Do you know what I mean? But right. when, when he's playing, like, conflicted man who's just tried his best, he's very good at it. Like, he's very good at being a sincere person who's sure. str- struggling with his emotions, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, big recommend for Creed. Maybe one of my top ten films ever. Maybe. Perfect. 
Yeah. I got two recommendations. The first is a 90s movie. Mm-hmm. A 90s action horror film called Deep Rising. Oh, yeah. Genuinely one of the best times I've had watching a film of late. It is the most 90s thing you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> yeah. It's directed by Stephen Summers, the same guy who did The Mummy. Oh, nice. It stars Famke Janssen, who is the sex killer in the that Piers Brosnan James Bond one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it also has... Oh, fuck, who's that guy? Dijmon Hansu. It has Dijmon Hansu in it. Oh, very good. And it's about it's a it's about these this group of like die, uh, diehard style robbers oh, who yeah. instead of robbing a high rise building they're robbing a boat. Oh yes, here we go. I'm all on board. <laughs> but the boat has already been invaded before they get there by the worst CGI tentacles you've ever seen in your life. Christ, that sounds very nineties, but very good. Um, it's incredible. It's got some of the best uh, guns. Everybody's quipping like there's absolutely no tomorrow. Mm. Like it's every, you know that kind of like blade line. Ever there was always some motherfucker trying to ice skate uphill. You know that yeah. line. Yeah, that is every line in this movie from every <laughs> character. Yeah, that's good. Uh, everybody's got the floppiest hair you've ever seen, and if they haven't, they've got designs shaved into the side of it. Yeah. Everyone's got big guns. Um, it's incredibly stupid. And it rockets by. I really recommend checking that one out if you haven't seen it. There's not enough movies that the premise is someone goes to rob something or break into somewhere to find it. It's already been robbed or broken into. Yeah. That is, it's such a fucking easy premise. Yeah, it's such, such a, easy... a good hook. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's my first recommendation. My second recommendation is a podcast. If you are a fan of horror movies, as I am, I recommend The Faculty of Horror. It's two academics and journalists Oh yeah, just talking about, uh, they pick a theme each week, and then they talk about a horror movie that fits that theme, and they go into the history of it, and the sort of academic side, and they go on a really kind of like deep dive. Mm. It's super well researched, they are very like... Well, you know, they're well presented. It's it's educational and it's fun to listen to. Cool. Uh, Faculty of Horror. Check that one out too. Sick. I probably will do that because as, as I've explained to you many times, I'm a scaredy boy, but I find horror fascinating, but I just can't <laughs> endure yes. actually viewing it with my eyes. If I could listen to horror only, I'd be all over it. But obviously, there's, obviously there's no way to possibly do that. There's no. no, I don't want anyone to explain a way for me to do it because I don't want to start doing it. There's but that no is such <laughs> thing as audio, audio horror. You can't. No. Have, it's got to be. It's got to be a movie. That's true. Well, Matt, you know what they say. I do, but tell the audience just in case they don't know. It's a good day to be a bad boy, but it's a great day to be an abominable poster boy. Get out of here, you stupid, stupid rats. (laughs) (laughs) But come back next time, please.